Let's do it. Gaz on the go. All the sports talk you need. 40 minutes or less. You know the drill. Let's get into it. Give love to our partners, our sponsors, the people that make this possible. Mohawk, Honda, Glentonville, New York. They always go out of their way to please you. Looking for a new vehicle. 2022. New ride. New style. What a new you. Mohawk Honda will help you make it happen. Make the drive to Glenville. Doesn't matter where you live in upstate New York. It is worth the drive when you're doing something important, working with people you can trust during that car buying experience, and finding the inventory that you want. Mohawk Honda is going to help you find it. Freeman's Bridge Road in Glenville. You stop in, you say what's up, say, hey, I heard about uh, Greg Johnson was talking about, guys on the go. Cam McKenna, Brian McKenna, Lindsey Harden, all the amazing people. John in service, you've ever got issues. Hot sauce, I could run through it. MJ, man, huge NFL fan we were talking about last time we were in there. John Lucas, shout out to John Lucas, man. Joined us for a LeVac and Gaz episode. I know all these people because I've been able to build these relationships because they're great people. People you want on your side when you're making that big decision of what your next vehicle is going to be. It happens right there at Mohawk Honda in Glenville. Check them out on social media as well. Facebook and more. You can find out about the selection on the way. I saw my guy Greg Johnson just shooting a video talking about the new passport coming out. It's all right there. Mohawk Honda, where they always go out of their way to please you. And our friends over at Johnstone Supply in Troy, January. That frigid month is officially here. So what are you going to do? How are you going to help your home continue to be the right way? Johnstone Supply in Troy. Johnstone Supply in Troy is making sure your furnaces, your boilers are all updated and ready to go for this tough month and if you need an update 518-272-5922 518-272-5922 is the number to call if you're looking to get that best advice to get out of that dilemma for those situations in which oh boy what do i do who do i call johnstone supply and Charlie wants to help you sixth avenue type it in on your gps stop into the store Say what's up to all our friends in there, Tom and Kevin, James and more. Maybe George, the big boss, could be walking around. They want to make sure your house is ready to go for the winter. The snow's officially hit, and for some of you, you're already ready to make changes. Take advantage of those great deals going on. The Goodman Furnace is efficient. More, you've heard about it before. The boilers, they want to update for you. And Facebook, got any questions, connect with them via social media. It's John Stone Supply in Troy helping you this winter. Let's get into it. Sports Talk from the Week right here on Goss on the Go. Hey, hey, look at Buffalo, the Mafia, the Bills. What about the victory over the New England Patriots? So, you know, I can do this ranking system. My mind's been in like this for the whole stage for 2022. Where's this victory rank? Is it one of the best for some Bills fans' lifetime? The drought since 99. They broke that a few years ago. It was different. The victory over New England, wasn't it? Two decades waiting to break Bill Belichick's heart. Would have been a little sweeter if it was Tom Brady quarterbacking. But still, doesn't matter. You beat New England, the team that you wanted. The hype was around you. The game was in Western New York. Freezing temperatures. You knock them out cold. Five times you touch the football. Five times you score. Never been done in NFL history. That many consecutive times they pushed it to seven. The perfect game plan. Now, I know the analytic people are out on social media. It's not perfect. You've had incomplete passes and you make mistakes. And that's about as perfect as it gets against New England. Touchdown after touchdown, wide receivers, running backs, offensive line, quarterback, everybody you wanted to make plays did. From Sean McDermott to the head coach, Brian Dayball, Leslie Frazier, name anybody. And they were the reason why Buffalo smacked New England. Now, Patriot fan will say it's more about the rookie quarterback and the roster not being there or just happy to be where they are. Okay. 
Like this professional sports, you're not always going to be Tom Brady. You're not always going to have that type of continued success in a professional sports. The stretch in which New England had through the 2000s and 2010s may never, ever happen again in the history of the NFL. So hopefully we appreciated the greatness that it was. And some, of course, got jealous as we're talking around the time of the tuck rule and deflate gate when we look at our calendars and remember how far back it was. But that game's more about Buffalo. So Buffalo advances. They get the matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you saw the preview on our YouTube side or Apple, Spotify, wherever you might be listening, I asked the question right there. How far can the Bills go? Now, you know I've already picked Buffalo to win the AFC. I did that way back in August for a lot of the reasons we've covered throughout the season. The great quarterback play, the coaching, the defense, it's built for that. Now, that's the term that's the most important here. Built for that. Let's go back a little bit. And if you didn't listen, head back to an old Gods on the Go episode from April where we previewed the NFL draft with fan-sided zone Matt Verderant. Now, Matt told us about the Buffalo Bills. Their goal wasn't to draft the best player at the best position. It wasn't to necessarily add to the offense. They had one simple goal this entire season from the end of the 2021 regular season. And depending on how your calendar flipped, that loss to Kansas City in the playoffs. Their goal was to beat the Chiefs. This roster is built for that. That's all they've thought about. That's all they've cared about. How can Buffalo beat Kansas City? How can the Bills take down Patrick Mahomes? Mahomes has led the Chiefs to back-to-back Super Bowl appearances. The Niners and the Bucks, and he's a few plays away from doing it three times in a row when they took on New England. Buffalo had to build their roster to beat Kansas City. And guess what? That's what this roster is built to do. I saw what Mina Kimes put up on Twitter about the percentage of plays the actual chief defenders were on the field in that rain-soaked, lightning-delayed Monday night football game from a few weeks ago. That's not an excuse. Buffalo is set up to beat Kansas City, to pressure Mahomes, to eat up the football, to have a better wide receiver on the outside. Stephon Diggs and Tyreek Hill are great, but he give me more physical. I'll take Diggs. Speed, I'll take Hill. Tight end advantage, obviously Kelsey. But these are the matchups you want. I love Buffalo against Kansas City. Now, Tennessee, Cincinnati, I'll save that for our Saturday show when LeVac joins me live from my house, which will be a lot of fun. So we'll talk about what that matchup could potentially be for the Bills of the AMC title game, but If you ask me how far the Bills can go, I have not changed my thought on this. Buffalo can be a Super Bowl team, no doubt. Now, who would they play in that Super Bowl if they got that far? Who would be the team representing the NFC? Well, you know I like my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa absolutely smacks the Philadelphia Eagles. We can look back and say, did the NFL make a mistake having the expanded playoff? Why would I spend four minutes on it at this point? Eagles got smacked, Steelers got smacked, and we got more football. And it's going to happen no matter what. It's not like it's ever going to go back. Once you expand, no one thinks, "Ah, you know what? I'm really enjoying making more money. Can we stop doing that? I'm not really into this whole making money idea. What billionaire owner would ever suggest that? So that's never going to happen. It doesn't even matter to have the conversation. They're not going to detract or contract the playoff teams. But back to Tampa. Tom Brady, 
blah, blah, blah. Super Bowl defending champions, blah, blah, blah. But how far can they go? Because you get a great matchup on the other side. You've got the continued choke artists that are the Dallas Cowboys. No longer in the playoffs, the team that defeated them. The Niners taking on the Packers. You know the storylines there. Aaron Rodgers off a of bye week. How much can Kyle Shanahan and Matt LaFleur put out on the field and show each other back and forth? Should be a great game. Traditional powers of the NFC. in Tampa, they get the L.A. Rams who smacked Tampa earlier this season. But we've seen with past Tampa Bay teams, in particular the team last year, when they played against New Orleans Saints, they got embarrassed in prime time. They went out in the playoffs and beat them. So I feel good about my Bucks, the team that I picked to win the Super Bowl again. The only problem is with Tampa is the injuries. Now, I said I feel good about Tampa. Maybe I should have rephrased that. I feel good about Tampa being led by Tom Brady. That's why I like Tampa. I like Tampa a lot more if Leonard Fournette was playing or Chris Godwin was playing or Tristan Wirfs was healthy up on the offensive line because I watched L.A. play against Arizona, and that is a bad matchup for Tampa. It's not good. A banked-up offensive line against Aaron Donald and Von Miller. Uh, Sony Michelle running the football a little bit better, but they don't need that to happen because Odell Beckham Jr. has turned into the Odell we thought he could be. LA's not going to be focused on running the football against how good Tampa's good against stopping it. They want to go against a banked-up secondary that's been all season long for Tampa. So as a Bucks fan, I'm very nervous about the matchup because this should favor L.A., but a little simpler, a little bit more cliche, but it feels like the more accurate and right answer is how far can Tampa go? Depends on how good Tom Brady is. The GOAT. How far can Tampa play? Super Bowl? Gronk? Continues to perform as he has so far? Yeah, Tampa can still win it all. You're going to look at matchups like I'm doing right now and wonder what's the advantage, what's the X factor, how can they? Tom Brady. Tom Brady, he continues to do it. Older than all the head coaches in the NFC playoffs that are still left. That's how far Tampa can go. As far as Tom Brady wants to take him. And you know how far he wants to take him back to the Super Bowl and winning that thing again. How about this? The best trade for the NBA's future. What does that even mean? Well, credit to Mark Stein, the Hall of Fame writer, who had this report out there. And By the way, I, I saw this interaction on part of the interruption. I love how Michael Wilbon says, oh, I mean, if you've got the inside sources, I've known about this. My God, Wilbon. Do people like under 25 enjoy Michael Wilbon? I feel like he's an older version of a sports writer who takes it so serious. Dan Lebetard fans will know about the run-ins that Lebetard and Stu Gotts Levitard and Wilbon friends, Wilbon never respecting Stu Gotts. It's a whole thing that, anyways, Mark Stein's reporting that the base of the trade's going to go down is with Daryl Morey, who used to be at the Rockets, now with the Sixers, wants James Harden to come and play for Philly. They, the Sixers, will not trade Ben Simmons until the end of the season, where they'll do a trade for James Harden for Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons will go to Brooklyn. James Harden will come to Philly. Some pieces, I'm sure, will be involved in the mix. And that will be the trade that makes both sides happy. Now, more likely to happen because Morey and Harden get along. Daryl Morey built that team basically in Houston around James Harden. And, of course, James Harden loved it. Got to do whatever he wanted. Daryl Morey always had his back. And then when Daryl Morey had to move on from Harden, Harden said, hey, man, I want to go to Brooklyn. And Daryl Morey made it happen. 
So if you've got somebody who's in your corner who wants to build a team around you, gives you an opportunity to win a championship, and you trust, why wouldn't James Harden want to do it? And to push it even further, I got to admit, as much as I'm not a Harden fan, I think he shoots too much. It's too much of a ball hog. Someone's laughing, saying that's from a Carmelo Anthony fan. Different, okay? Harden's worse than Melo ever was when it comes to that stuff. You get Joel Embiid. Embiid and Harden can work, and you flip it over to the Brooklyn side. Maybe Harden doesn't want to deal with the nonsense of Kyrie and Kevin Durant anymore. It's too much. When he signed up to play with those guys, he thought Kyrie would be there every single day and Kevin Durant would also be out there every single day. It hasn't happened because of COVID and the vaccine and Durant getting injured. Maybe James Harden's like, you know what? I'm good. I'd rather have the Philly fans yell at me. I'd rather go for a championship with Embiid. I'm sure Philly fans would embrace James Harden because they got rid of Ben Simmons for him. And when Ben Simmons could potentially move to Brooklyn in this deal, it's great. Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, and Kyrie together, it's a pretty egocentric team that I could not wait to implode. Ah, it'd be great. Ah, so selfish, so pampered. All three of them on one team. People wonder why they can't win. Please. Oh, please. I want to have it happen. Now, I said it's best for the NBA's future for a few reasons. Because you get the superstars on the court, which of course always matters. But this was said earlier. It's going to be said again in the spring. It'll be said one more time when we get closer to the NBA Finals. The NBA does not want the Brooklyn Nets to win the championship. They want Brooklyn to compete. They want Brooklyn in the mix and to talk about the games and the performances of superstars, but how bad would it be for the league that if Kevin Durant missed a bunch of time, that James Harden was a hard player, but he's not putting up the stance that he used to, but Kyrie became a part-time player, played when he felt like it, where the state laws would allow it. What if that team wins a championship? What if a part-time player damages the league? When someone who's a superstar can show up for half the season, you're like, well, they still won. There are going to be coaches who take that as a strategy, and that's not good for the TV rights and everybody else is paying for games. And they say, well, Kyrie played in half the scheduled games and helped them win a championship. Maybe we should consider doing that. You do not want that if you're an NBA fan. You don't want that if you're Adam Silver. No. Let a team like the Warriors get Klay Thompson back reign supreme. Or the Phoenix Suns who build and built and built and finally have the roster that they want. The Milwaukee Brewers, the franchise player, and the Greek freak. There are so many other ways to do it. The most surprising team, arguably, in professional sports, maybe could end up being this entire year. It's shocking as there. The Cleveland Cavaliers, they built through the draft. Darius Garland and others. So that's the thing here. That's the situation. The league doesn't want to have a Brooklyn Net part-time player help a team win a championship. What they do want is two of the best athletes on teams they want to play for and battling against each other for the future. UFC 270 this weekend. All right, so when you hear UFC 270 January, when I think about big fights in January, this is Conor McGregor territory, man. Conor McGregor fought in January of 2021. This is when McGregor fought. You think way back to the Flategate. Let's see how well my memory is. I think this is January of 2000. 
15. McGregor, that's the first time I ever saw McGregor fight because he had the fight opposite of the deflate gate game between the Colts and the Patriots on the Fox side. So usually January is McGregor territory, but instead we get Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gan for the heavyweight championship. Gan is the interim champ, and Ngannou was the champ. I want to get excited. I, I, my goal is, this is not to take him out. I'm going to always do through 2022. This is my goal. Call me out on this on social media. You've heard my take on the UFC. Different stars. Only a few would actually buy to see and spend my money for now. Look at the main pay-per-view card for this fight. Some people care about this stuff. Other people don't. Maybe my lack of excitement for the UFC card this week is there's only one American fighter. And honestly, unless you're a diehard UFC fan, there's probably only two names that stick out to you. Nermanka Madoff. And Ngannou. Sarah Gunn, even though he's interim champ, you really got to be a dire fan. I, I got to be honest, I had to look up his name before this. And it's nothing about his skill set. My God, the hype video with Joe Rogan and everything. When that disguise is going to be a fighter, if you told me right now, who do I think is going to win? I would pick the undefeated Frenchman. The way he moves, the, the damage he did to the Black Beast, Derek Lewis. Moving around better. Athleted him better. Franz Ngannou's a power puncher, no doubt. But Franz Ngannou, I'll use a little pro wrestling comparison here. He was the pro wrestler that they, the UFC, wanted to get over. But he wasn't. In the UFC version of this, he was supposed to be the champ far before it happened. They kept giving him the opportunity, the title shots. UFC, some fans would argue he earned them. I would say the UFC just wanted a different person out there to be the heavyweight champ instead of Stipe. And he beats Stipe, and he finally got the opportunity. But this guy, Cyril Gunn, I'm going to give you the spelling. C-I-R-Y-L, last name, G-A-N-E. Smiles coming across the people's faces. I just did that because of the YouTube clips. Insane. Again, one more time on this. Why, guys, are you not giving this guy enough credit? Look, if you call him a COVID fighter, I don't think that's a diss, but it almost feels like his best fights of his 10, four of the 10, happened during COVID. He had three fights in 2021. Three. And one is to win that interim championship from Derek Lewis. Junior DeSantos is out there, too, on his victories, 10-0 we're talking about here. But when you have somebody who's fought now five times since December 2020, the majority of his career is fought in a different time in UFC history. Now, look, some could say, guys, fans returned to arenas in 2021. Calling him a COVID fighter isn't fair. If you called him that in 2020, empty arenas where McGregor fought and other things like that, we could have that conversation. He's gone through that. But this is his moment. This is his time. I could give you another two to four minutes about why the heavyweight division's never been good for the UFC and how important it is to get a proper popular name face of the UFC as a heavyweight. I won't waste my breath anymore with that. But maybe it's going to surprise me. Maybe UFC 270 will have a shocking knockout. Somebody will start their career journey. They'll become a household name because of it. But my prediction is, Cyril Ghan is just going to be a bigger outwit, outlast, outplay. There you go, my guy Eric Hanneman. I did a survivor reference for you. He's a better athlete inside the octagon. He's going to tire down Ngannou and just knock him out. If Ngannou wins, I would be shocked after watching these highlights. Gan brings in a new era in the UFC this Saturday night.
the return of John Moxley. I want to hold out that Mox like Justin Roberts does, the ring announcer. I won't do that. Uh, to catch those who may not be familiar with this story, it's actually pretty intriguing. Dean Ambrose, formerly of the WWE, my favorite faction of all time, The Shield. He is the face, the future, all those things, a former champion. He is supposed to be, along with Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, who are together main eventing this year's Royal Rumble event, the future of the WWE. But on his own doing, Dean Ambrose decides to leave the company. He joins AEW in their first pay-per-view and becomes John Moxley. His wife is Renee Paquette, also known as Renee Young, formerly of the WWE. We bring him up now because John Moxley had checked into rehab weeks ago, months ago now, if my calculations are correct, and they are. And we didn't know when he'd be back. We didn't know what his future would look like. In my lifetime, it's very rare besides the Shawn Michaels storylines that seem to have come out further after his career than during his career of professional athletes not just breaking character, but admitting to their fans that they have a problem and need help. It's something that we haven't seen before in the history of professional wrestling, and not just a wrestler being open with it. No disrespect to Mike Canales, Mike Bennett, who was doing this as well, but an athlete who is at the highest level of that individual federation or company. We're not talking about a guy who's taking a pin in two minutes or somebody who don't even know in a tag match. We're talking about the guy who was supposed to put AEW over the top, and some would argue did, with the television contract, a fan base that's loyal and passionate to the end, John Moxley is one of the reasons why. And let's add to the controversy a little bit, right? We talked about last week the forbidden door, that term used that when wrestlers jump to different organizations on purpose, because the organizations have a working contract. So you have the forbidden door floating around there. And that door was rumored to be opening for Mox to return it. The Royal Rumble. Could you have imagined the crowd's reaction? I don't even know if some people's heads would have stayed on with the explosion of, wait a second, AEW's biggest star is now back in the WWE. If they do that, oh, as a Shield fan, I know it's not going to happen. I'm going to believe it until it's over, though, that Ambrose, a.k.a. Moxley, did his promo, leaves AEW, wins the Rumble, and you get the main event at WrestleMania, every member of the Shield to decide who's the best. Great. I don't even know who started the rumor, by the way. The rumor was started by the internet because, I guess, they were showing clips of the Shield and... Rollins and Reigns obviously were in it, and people thought the WWE would take more time to edit Ambrose slash Moxley out, and they didn't. You knew the controversy was coming no matter what. Oh, my God, I can't believe they edited him out. Oh, my God, he's 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 in it? Not going to be in the Rumble. As for his future AEW, he's got so many other different people now out there. It feels like the overall AEW company, even in a matter of weeks and months, has flown to different people out in the ring. Hangman Page is a champion. Omega, Mox, Punk, Brian, MJF. We can run through Dante Martin of people who eventually will challenge for a championship. But right now, he's a part of it. We're going to find out what happens for the future. I wish him the best of luck. 
But John Moxley being so open, vulnerable, and honest about his changes to AEW, we'll find out if the tamer, quieter side of Mox, or maybe just like his admission to going into rehab at the top of his game, the next few months might be something we've never seen in the history of professional wrestling. Moving fast through this, man. We were talking more NFL playoffs. We were going to talk about some picks and more. But, guys, I'm going to give you a little tease for the weekend. Levac and Gaz right here. A little Saturday morning edition, 1030 to noon from my house. For the first time ever, Levac has never been here because of COVID and, let's say, changing of formats. But 1030 to noon, we'll save some of those stories. We're talking NFL preview some New York storylines as well. So there's a little tease for you here on Gaz and the Go. Don't forget on your phone, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to us, YouTube, if you're watching on our visual side, get ready, set a reminder to watch and be a part of our conversation, man. We love the Q&A to end the day. We want to hear your picks. LeVac Gaz coming up. Before we get to the picks that I will not offer up on LeVac Gaz, a little preview of Thursday, Friday nights. Got to tell you about our friend Jared Lozier over at Northeastern Insurance. You see his face right there? Hey, there's another reason you go to our Visual side to see Jared's beautiful face. Looking to save money in 2022, Jared is the guy for you. Things that are important in your life. Think about it for a second. Are they protected properly? And with that plan around them, are you spending more money than you should? Let someone like Jared Lozier shop the market for you to find competitive rates. And more importantly, the rate that you want to use so you can save some money. Give him a call today, 518-956-3753, 518-956-3753, or email him, J-A-R-E-D-L at N-E-Mail.com, J-A-R-E-D-L at N-E-Mail.com. Leave a nice title, guys on the go, question mark, I want to save money, question mark, he will be happy for whatever it is. Shout out to Jared Lozier, Northeastern Insurance. Proud to give you the picks. And hey, if you ever win on some of these picks, there's another reason to email Jared. Hey, God's got something right. I give you full credit. All right, let's get into some of these wagers. Don't forget, DraftKings, promo code 518. Appreciate you if you're part of that. $5, two Indian free bets. More questions about that if you haven't hit me up on social media. Tom Goss, 2MGOZZ on Twitter. G-O-Z at GonzillaMedia.com for emails. More questions on our DraftKings promotion. All right, let's talk about some wagers here. All right, all coming on Saturday. Here is the five-game fight parlay. Five on Saturday. Three in hoops. Now, I'm going all money line here. You know you've heard me do this a few times before, especially projecting games later in the week, but here's what I'm looking at money line-wise. Saturday, all favorites. Bucks, Cavs, Suns. Told you earlier in the podcast, Cavaliers don't make any sense how they're winning games. They're doing it, though. Phoenix just can flat out shoot Indiana in that game's at home. And Milwaukee, even though there have been times that people want to bet the Bucs, they haven't looked as good. Sacramento still footing for that playoff spot. Bucks, Cavaliers, Suns. If you got to push me on what I think the lines are going to be, these are games where it's like a two-possession game and like you hit some free throws at the end. So these numbers are likely going to dance around six and a half, eight and a half. I guess in the middle, seven and a half. So uh, I would take the over with the points. Let me rephrase that. If it is over six and a half for a spread, I would take those teams still. Bucks, Cavaliers, Suns to make it safe. Money line those three with the Auburn Tigers. 
Auburn on Saturday gets Kentucky. I had about five minutes here I wanted to do on Auburn basketball, how they're the team to beat, how Jabari Smith, the number 10 player on their roster, 1-0, not the 10th best, 1-0, is the best player I've seen in the country so far. Now, he torched Syracuse. I watched him as a, he could not be stopped. And now watch what he did against Syracuse and developed throughout the entire season and leave no doubt that he's the best player in the country. Makes me feel a little bit better that Syracuse got pounded by Auburn. Uh, Coach Will Brown, Albany Patroons, he said, I love watching Auburn. Bruce Pearl, great coach, likes to cheat a lot, but he's got Auburn in contention, and they got robbed a few years ago in 2019. The horrible calls that went down in that game, some of the reviews, and the Auburn basketball got robbed. If it wasn't for teams like Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, like you know the Blue Bloods, right? If that's one of those programs, it's talked about all day long on SportsCenter and all the other – because it's Auburn and it's a football school, they didn't give that love. So Jamari Smith, Auburn, money line again here. They're likely going to be maybe favored games at home against Kentucky. But you think Blue Brand, the money in the national fan base, Kentucky likely be like a two- or three-point favorite? I'd take Auburn. And then I'd go for the UFC 270. So here's what would happen. Here's what I like about this, right? Let's say you hit all winners. You got all those games basically figured out. You've got the Cavs, the Bucks, the Suns, and Auburn. Four of five ready to go. Serial game knockout. Francis Ngannou. Now here's the fun part. You're playing on DraftKings. You can look at your parlay and cash out if you want. If you don't feel good about the UFC fight and you want to take a four-team parlay win and get the hell out, do it. Take your money and run. If you want to stay up till midnight and see if you can get a knockout to cash a five-team bet, partly stay up till midnight and do it. But that's my play. I feel really good about that. You already know my NFL play for the week. I did it last week. There's a little tease if you don't remember. But we'll talk more NFL games, wagering, predictions, and more coming up on our Saturday show, LeVac and Gaz, 1030 to noon. Gaz on the go. We're back next week as always, breaking down some NFL playoffs and more. Until then, enjoy the weekend of sports.